Warning, the podcast you're about to hear has a unique conservative perspective and may be politically incorrect, containing some controversy in its message. This episode may speak out against liberalism, socialism, the dark state, and religious organizations. It is possible that evil in politics, education, law, society, and religion will be discussed and exposed. However, we believe this podcast adds truth and value to a mature, disenfranchised audience who may be tired of apostate religions and wicked world systems. Listeners who are easily offended, overly sensitive, or have progressive leanings sympathetic to the topics we expose should be forewarned not to listen any further. We thank both those who choose to listen as well as those who choose not to listen. You've been warned. And now, let us get on with the show. Okay, it's uh, Freedom Friday, Friday the 7th, 2019. Ooh, how many of you had a good week? <laughs> well, good for you. Praise the Lord. Enjoy it. Give thanks if you can, uh, because you never know when you're not going to have a good week. And holy moly, you're going to appreciate those uh, better times. When things were a little better. I know. Uh, I speak as a man who knows. Rough rough week for Brother Kapow. And uh, Miss Kapow. Rough week. Rough, 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 rough week. Keep praying for us. I don't know what's... I don't know what the end result of all this is going to be. Um, have I lost faith? No. But uh, try to fix something. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, well, God, can you? Fi- well, I can't fix it. Because, okay, let me put it to you this way. Let me put it to you this way. Uh, if you, if if you if you had a person and um, just say they were addicted to alcohol, let's just use that alcohol, and they were they were drinking and they're causing you a bunch of problems in your family. Say it's your husband, your wife, they're, 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 they're an alcoholic <clears throat> and um, they're, they're Christian and everything like that. And uh, they need to be delivered of this alcoholism. Or stuff. So you give them, you know, they're getting all the training, all the teaching, everything like that. But then uh, they keep going back to the bar and getting drunk. And then, then it come then they come home and cause all kinds of problems. And then it's like, dude, you know, you gotta quit you gotta quit sinning. It's that's sin to you. Um, it's rebellion to you. It's um something God wants you to crucify the flesh on. <clears throat> See, you, here's the deal. You you can't cast out flesh and you can't crucify the demons. Okay. You 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 have to crucify the flesh and cast out the demons. And you have to know the difference. Sometimes, like in my case, there's a little bit, there's a little bit of both involved in my life. There's the flesh and demonic spirits. So if the person is is continually going out and is still drinking, it's it's a flesh issue. It is demonic. It's a demonic drive. The demons are driving this person to drink giving them the the urge and the, the drive and they're doing it but it's a flesh issue in the sense that they need to crucify that flesh and it put it put it at the foot of the cross right find forgiveness they need to repent and walk steady in their in their faith 
that's that's what what it's like uh, in my household. Uh, it's there's faith issues, there's trust issues that are like an addiction. I would say lack of trust, lack of faith. It's like an addiction, and when uh, when there's sobriety, it's like oh yeah 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 I got the faith I got blah blah blah. But once you go back and start confessing the negativity, now here's what I've realized: if it takes a grain of mustard seed, just a grain of faith, the size of mustard, just a grain of faith to say to that mountain, "Get up and move." It also takes just a grain of doubt to keep the mountain there, keep the mountain there, maybe even grow it bigger. I, I'm not saying this, but the writer of Hebrews says it's impossible to please God without faith. You have to have faith. And we, we all know that you need saving faith to get saved, to find salvation but you also need faith in God. You need faith in God's word to grow and to resist the enemy, to resist Satan. According to James and in, in, in the first Peter, but James lays it out. You have to, you have to submit yourself under God. And there's several ways to do that, to approach God in submission to God, to approach God. You can't approach God with, with filthy hands. You have to have clean hands. In other words, your actions, if, if you're going out and continually uh, feeding your addiction, your behaviors, your actions produce unclean hands. So your, your hands have to be washed of the sin. In fact, James says, wash your, wash your hands, you sinners. Um, it's, it's like the, the old Levitical law. The priesthood could not approach Yahweh in the temple w- without washing, the washing of, of the hands and of, of, okay. So, and then the other, the other thing is, James says, purify your hearts, you double-minded. So to purify the heart is, is, is not your real muscle in there, but your, your mind, your emotions, your, your thoughts, your thought process have to be purified before you can approach Yahweh. And what makes it impure is the, is the unstableness, the double-mindedness. One day I believe in God's provisions. I believe in, 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 in God's word, period. And then the next day I, I don't. Now, th- this could take place too. I mean, it could take place with a college student who all his life grew up in church knowing that you know, God's word is, is the inerrant, infallible word of God, regardless of, of, of man's translations. It's the, the spirit of God. And then he gets to college and then he goes, oh, then he starts learning textual criticism and there's errors here and this and that. And you can't believe this part, but you can believe this part. And once that happens, the word of God is always attacked by Satan first. In the garden, he said, has God said, has God really said not to eat of this tree. Has, has God really said this? It's always attack on God's word. Once he gets the attack in on the word, the truth, the faith in God's word, it's a slippery slope downhill. You, you have to have faith in God's word. You're either in or you're out. That I didn't make that up. The writer of Hebrews says it's impossible to please God. Impossible without faith. You have to have faith. You have to have trust in him. Um, if Satan can convince you 
that you're not saved or that you don't have the Holy Spirit or that you lost the power or that you're, you're under sin condemnation, then you certainly don't have the authority Christ has given you to resist him and come against him. You do in reality, but if you don't think you do, you, you're not going to use it. You're too weak. You're too feeble. You're too unstable. And that opens the door for a big demon party. And this is, this is what happens. So lack of faith or lack of trust in, in my household is a lot. It's like an addiction. It's very much like the addiction. Now I can, I can ekbalo demons all day long and all night and I can cast them out and I can bind and I can look, and you can do this and then I'm right, Jesus, I can do deliverance 101 all day long, but it's not going to work if the person keeps letting them back in uh, through the addiction of unbelief. So James says, submit yourself to God. So to do that, you have to have the clean hands and the purified hearts. Your double-mindedness has to be fixed. You can't be double-minded anymore. When you, when, you, when you trust in God, then you can approach him. And when you approach God, okay, that's the first step. Now the second step, you do, you do, you do, not the Holy Spirit, you do, is you resist the enemy. You resist. That means you have to fight. You have to stand firm and say no. I'm not believing that. No, I'm not going down that road. No. And when you resist the, the promise there, the promise there, and it's a fact is that he will flee. He, he, in fact, flees. It's like turning on the light switch and the darkness is expelled. Boom. If you're aligned with God under Christ, the alignment is submit, resist, and he'll flee. A lot of people just want to resist or try to resist and they wonder why Satan doesn't flee because of the submission problem. Anyway, I'm on a tangent here. So I had a rough week and, and this is, this is why you have a little bit of clue there and you know what to pray for in our behalf. Uh, there's only so much you can do. You, you, the, the person has, has to believe God at some point, the truth will set them free. The truth will in fact set anybody free, but you have to, you have to believe the truth. All right, this is a, a news a news program. So anyway, I got, whew, it's been a rough week. First story, North Carolina police arrest a man. They say set a woman on fire. This is purely evil, if, if just purely evil. This guy didn't know this gal. I don't know if it was a road rage incident. I, I don't know what it is. People are demonically controlled. It's it's really bad. Um, it's like that the pit of hell has been opened up. This is one story about that. Um, there's still not the majority of people, thank God, but there's enough to uh, really be concerned uh, in in the society. The police in North Carolina have arrested a man accused of dowsing a woman in flammable liquid. Then he lit her on fire while she drove alone in her car. This guy was 41 years old. They found him. They took him into custody. He, he approached this gal. She was only 24 years old. Um, she was found on a sidewalk with severe burns on her upper body. What she said is that she was driving and came to a stop. 
and uh, this guy just approached her car. He threw a flammable liquid on her, and then he set her on fire. She says she was in a vehicle all by herself. Uh, she didn't know the guy. Uh, it said there was apparently some conversation. So who knows what that is? It could have been road rage. I don't know. But nonetheless, you don't just pour gasoline or a flammable liquid on somebody and let them on fire. The chief of police there called it a heinous crime. He says, I've never seen such a breach of humanity. A breach of humanity. That's pretty amazing for a chief of police to use those terms. A guy who's seen a lot in police work to use the terms, a breach of humanity. Anyway, um, she was lifted to the burn center and he's being charged with attempted murder. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, I don't know if the story is true. It's, um, it's on ABC News. China uses talking drones to scold citizens amid, amid coronavirus lockdown. Yeah. It says officials in some parts of rural China are employing the help of drones to watch over citizens. And they talk to them. They tell them to stay indoors. <laughs> uh, the coronavirus epidemic killed 361 people. And I don't know how many millions are there in China. That's epidemic. One video posted by the state-run Global Times newspaper shows a drone flying over villages in the inner Mongolia region. And it's a voice over giving orders to those below. An elderly woman is seen looking baffled as the voice says, Yes, Ante, this is the drone speaking to you. You shouldn't walk about without wearing a mask. <laughs> and it was a separate video. Uh, that showed a drone spraying sanitizer as part of efforts to control the coronavirus. Uh, yeah, this is crazy. There was another clip posted on social media. It said a group of people uh, playing a tile-based game, Mahong, in a village. And they were told to, to disperse after being spotted by a camera mounted on a patrolling drone. Boy. Uh, this is 1984 on steroids. Playing Mahong outside is banned during the epidemic. You have been spotted. Stop playing and leave the site as soon as possible, quote unquote. Those were official orders given to the villagers through a microphone while watching footage sent by the drone to a screen. I see. So there's somebody behind a screen watching the drone and then talking. And then and then they say, quote, don't look at the drone, child. Ask your father to leave immediately. <laughs> the official tells a boy seen uh, curiously looking at the drone. Regardless of the severe health scare, some Chinese uh, citizens uh, are amused by the clip. They say, so hardcore, high-tech makes life more efficient. Others question whether the videos were real or simply created by Chinese Communist Party for propaganda purposes. That's probably the, the case. I don't know. In any case, it's just weird. Weird. Uh, let's see. The sun. I don't accept cookies. Oh, remember last week I talked about this uh, this woman who killed her three kids, suffocated them, chased them down, suffocated them, and sang while she did it. Just totally demon-possessed, totally gone. Her mind just snapped. And this is a follow-up story from the father who was there in the house while she was killing the kids, and he didn't know. Uh, Dad reveals his agony after his three kids were brutally murdered by mom from hell while he sat in the next room. He had no idea she was killing them. Uh, he says that sorrow is eating him alive after his uh, wife or 
Yeah, wife, 22 years old, is accused of suffocating the three children. Three years old, one-year-old, and seven-month-old. Um, and she, oh boy, this picture of her, boy, this is like something from a horror movie. She is gone. She is gone. The lights are on. New one home. The father says he can't sleep at night, replays the day they died while their mother sang to drown out their screams. Uh, apparently she had already murdered the little girl when this dad returned home from work with their guest aunt Pearl in Arizona. He says, I didn't think anything of it. Every day they take a nap. What type of person in their right mind would think different? See the kid, you remember she laid him out on the couch like they were sleeping, but they were dead. The devastated father admitted to, to doing drugs most of my life. I mean, what does that have to do with it? He did drugs most of He didn't kill him. He revealed he fell asleep beside Zane and Catalina before they were killed. An emotional reel recalled, I walk over to the couch. I pulled a cover back. I found my daughter just laying there with foam coming out of her mouth and blood. I told my grandma, what do I do? But by the time the police arrived, it was too late. Uh, Reels, leaving Reels uh, wondering if there's anything he could have done. It's eating me alive. I want to hate her, but I can't believe she would do this to me and my family. Um, yeah, crazy. Two friends of the accused killer told the son that Rachel had struggled since that death as her casual drug use became an addiction. Rachel told police she knew Myriah was dead when her legs stopped moving, so she allegedly stuffed her body in a closet. And then she went and chased her little uh, three-year-old kid. The police document that uh, this three-year-old kid was playing with his dad before Rachel took him to the back bedroom and pretended to change his underwear. As the mother did so, she uh, placed the three-year-old male on the floor of the bedroom. She straddled him with one of her legs and placed her hand over his nose and mouth and killed him. And she sang. And then she did a similar tactic to kill the other little girl. And then the three, uh, the bodies of the three children placed on the couch in the living room like they were sleeping. So totally, totally crazy. Totally crazy stuff. Uh, wow, 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 wow. Mm. And while all this is going on, here's some people that really have problems. You think they have problems? Here's some people. Oh my God, I feel so sorry for these, these transgender people. A California bill requires colleges to update trans graduates' names on diplomas. I'm telling you, everything there, just people getting set on fire, babies are dying. The world's just falling apart, but um, boy, we got we got to have our our trans names on our diploma, and you better give it to us. Cucufornia, Cucufornia appears poised to make it easier for transgender and non-binary graduates of public colleges and universities to change the name on their diploma. Assemblyman David Shule, a Democrat from San Francisco. Oh gosh, what a surprise! I am so shocked. I'm just I'm I'm just beside myself. He introduced legislation last week that would require public colleges to update the names of former students to reflect their gender identity. He said the bill is intended to combat the barriers that trans and non-binary people face at school and in the workplace. Now, what's going to happen is when these people want to switch back, then their records are all messed up and they're dry. It's, it's just a big quagmire. Like we don't have enough problems. Like San Francisco don't have enough problems. So uh, what he says is LGBT rights are, are all of our civil rights. I don't think it's a civil right like racism and religion and stuff, but whatever. You, you believe whatever you want. It's important for all policymakers, whether or not we are from the LGBT community, to do everything we can to protect the rights of LGBT Californians and the equal rights of all. So it is a right 
once you graduate from school as as brother Kapow, then later on when you turn into um, sister Kapow, it's my right in California to have my diploma changed because I want to hang that on my wall at uh, my job at McDonald's. Anyway. So while schools are legally required to use the chosen names of currently enrolled students under California law, that policy does not extend to alumni who socially medically transition after graduation. Graduation. There's no guidance, no guidance for schools on updating the diplomas of official transcripts of graduates. And while many colleges do update these documents upon request, they can choose not to do so. Ah. So anyway, he's all a Twitter. The dude is all a Twitter. Uh, well, because that's a major problem in this world. Come on, people. Have a little sympathy. All right, let's take a commercial break. I'll be right back. Recently, spiritual attacks on innocent people have increased considerably. This is partly due to society's transformation into a satanic cult. Most people are clueless or hopeless in combating this spiritual mayhem. We wish to offer two good books to overcome these attacks. First, Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, offers one of the most effective training systems in combating spiritual darkness in order to gain personal freedom. Second, Eyes to See Unseen Enemies teaches how to see the hidden dangers which are all around us, even in places we would least expect them. Both books can be purchased on Amazon.com as a paperback or ebook. It is our desire that you will take advantage of these opportunities to increase your effectiveness in spiritual warfare and learn how to fight back instead of being a victim. We'll see you on the battlefield. Crazy. You talk about battlefield. I'll tell, I'll tell you about battlefield. I, I need to go back and read my own books, but I don't think that's, uh, that's going to even help me. <laughs> but you should. Because it might help you, because you might be in a different situation. So go buy them right now. Uh, let's see. A man dies after he was uh, trying to steal stuff from a donation bin. Let's just let's just call it what it is. This guy's a crook. This guy's a cheap crook. He's, he's a crook and he's cheap. Uh, a man was found dead in a donation bin Sunday at a Walmart in Tennessee. He got stuck. Uh, let's see. Police were called because they found a uh, 40-year-old man whose identity has not been disclosed. The lower part of his body was protruding from the bin. He was he was taken out, and he was pronounced dead. And uh, the police say he wasn't homeless or nothing like that, but um, we all know what he was doing. He was trying to get some of the, the goodies out of the donation bin, and that cost him his life. Mm. What an idiot. One last story, and this is a good Samaritan story. This is uh, this is a good story. It's a good story. Said by my good friend Juan, Juan in a million. Good Samaritan follows instincts, helps save eight-year-old boy. Oh, I'm sorry, eight-year-old girl from attempted kidnapping. This is incredible. Uh, a North Carolina graduate student has been credited with thwarting a man's alleged kidnapping and sexual assault attempt of an eight-year-old girl. Cody Bird was inside a Biscuitville restaurant. How good is that? There's a restaurant called Biscuitville. Stop. Just days after Christmas, when he noticed a 55-year-old pervert behaving strangely. Now, here's what this young man said. He said, uh, 
He says, this dude, his name was, uh, his name is Timothy Fry, the perv. He says, was paying unusually close attention to an eight-year-old girl who was in the restaurant with her mother. Wow. He says, it's just the way he was staring way too intently. And that's what really kind of made me think, okay, something's not right. When the girl headed towards the woman's restroom, the young man watched as Fry followed behind her. Wow. Knowing in his gut that something horrible was about to happen, Bird, the young man, followed the crook, the perv, towards the bathroom. I'm sorry, is he a perv or does he have rights? I think he has a right. Uh, well, he has, he has a right to have a sexual orientation towards a child, right? I mean, if he was in California, I mean, it would, he would have a right. Who are we? Who are we to judge him? And... Um, <sighs> Anyway, the young man followed the perv towards the bathroom, all while trying to figure out exactly how he's going to stop the dude. He said, uh, I just tried to think, okay, how am I going to play this? Because I knew he was up to something. As soon as I heard the woman's bathroom door open, that's when I saw the girl coming out. And this perv, I mean, I'm sorry, this sexually misdirected, or I mean, I'm sorry, this. Hmm. Uh, uh, oh, child, child, child attracted. He's child attracted. This child attracted man tried to grab her and confront. And then so the dude confronted him about it. So when Bird questioned Fry's motives, he said the man became noticeably nervous and hurried out of the restaurant. The little girl visibly shaken left frightened whipper ran back to the mother. So Fry, the dude was saying, I mean, the, the good guy was saying, I was honestly thinking, should I try to grab him? Should I pull him down? And something popped into my head. Now I'll just take some pictures and call 9-11. So Bird's photos of the perv, I mean the uh, youth-attracted individual and his car led to the youth-attracted individual being arrested hours later for no reason. And he was charged with attempted kidnapping and decent liberties, which is not fair because he has a right to other people's kids. He has a right. Fry also had several DUI charges, so he's a drunk driver. And previous, in, oh, previous indecent liberties. Indecent liberties. Charges on his criminal record. Indecent liberties. Oh, that's a nice way to say he's a perv. Fry told a Greensboro police officer he intended, he intended to kidnap the girl and that he was, in fact, sexually attracted to her. Yeah, yeah don't, don't judge him. Don't, don't judge him. The victim's mother, Heather Owen, thanked Bird for his actions. She hugged him, deemed him a guardian angel. Ooh, he's a North Carolina A&T University graduate student. He said that detectives from the Greensboro Police Department thanked him for his heroic actions, but he does not consider himself to be a hero. He says, I think I just, I more just look at it as someone who was there doing their civil duty, helping someone when I saw a situation of danger. He's studying computer science. You know what he did? He credited his Eagle Scout training with giving him the critical thinking skills to know something was amiss. Here's a young man who was raised properly. Biscuitville. I'm serious. Biscuitville Restaurant awarded Bird with a Good Citizen Award. They gave him free biscuits for a year as a way to say thank you. Right, you stop a perv and you get free biscuits for a year. There's no bad ending here, 
Okay, free biscuits from Biscuitville. Can you imagine that? And you stopped a perv. Like, I mean, a youth-attracted individual. And with that, I got to say goodnight. And um, we'll talk to you later, hopefully Monday show. And we'll talk, maybe we'll talk more about, um, you know, submission, resist, and uh, fleeing. According to James and First Peter, we'll break it down. Um, it's pretty fascinating. But you do have to submit to God first. And there's a criteria in approaching to God. I'm just saying. I don't make it up. Okay. Good night.